0: This is a City of Crestview podcast.
1: Welcome to Season 2 of Civic View. My name is Chance Levins, and I'm your digital media specialist here at the City of Crestview. The goal of Civic View is to keep our citizens informed and entertained while maintaining a sense of transparency between you and your local government. And here at City Hall and all across the city, we value that communication as well as civic engagement, and we hope this podcast will continue to be a source of both. So, Let's get started. Hello, Crestview, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Civic View. And this episode, we're going to get into something that may be familiar to some people and may be Greek to others. And that is going to be our version of how a bill becomes a law here in the city of Crestview. What I mean by that is not the Schoolhouse Rocks version, which would be a lot. More fun for me because then I'd get to sing it. No, I'm joking. Um, is the is how we get ordinances and resolutions, which are part of what run our government here in Crestview, in into effect so that they can benefit um, us as a city. And to talk about those things, I have our city clerk, uh, Betsy Roy, and I also have. Our city planner, um, Don Barnes. Uh, Don works within the um, Community Development Services Department here at the city, and she also uh, participates um, with our Planning and Development Board. And, uh, yeah, so uh, first of all, I want to start with um, you, Betsy. I want to talk a little bit about what an ordinance is in relation to, well, I mean, what it is. So what is it?
0: An ordinance is about as close to a law as the city of Crestview has. Uh, if you look at our website and look under Muni Code, you'll find in there there's a whole lot of ordinances that have been established over the years. A ordinance can be anything from a uh, bringing s- someone into the city who's decided they want to annex to setting up new alcohol hours like we did the other night or setting up changes to the retirement board uh, dictated by whether or not it is already an ordinance or not. If you all remember, several months ago, we went through this big, long ordinance of establishing the fact that we're going to do a fee schedule. And then in that ordinance, it was determined that the fee schedule going forward would be done by resolution. The reason for that is, one, it's a lot easier. Uh, an ordinance has to be advertised in the newspaper. It has to be read twice at the council member at the council meeting. Sorry, uh, if it's an annexation ordinance, it has to be read at the planning board meeting and then twice at the city council. So, right. a resolution uh, can be anything from uh, something very simple, like uh, the one we did a couple of uh, meetings ago, where we sent a thank you to Governor DeSantis on his handling of the COVID nineteen pandemic to the ones we did this last week that uh, we have some agreements with FDOT about incidences coming up, and the FDOT requires that the city pass a resolution authorizing that the mayor can sign their agreement. Okay. So those are dictated by an outside source, but they still have to be done by resolution.
1: Okay, but the resolutions just something put together, we present it, they vote on it once, and then it passes, and then we move on.
0: Yeah, there's certain... Ways you set it up whereas is, and therefore it be resolved, all that you know, fun legal language. Uh, but it does not have to have an advertisement in the newspaper. The only advertisement for resolution is required is it be published as part of the agenda packet so everyone knows it's coming up.
1: Okay, so all right, so I, th- I think I'm tracking what you're saying there. So, for instance, we have a city council meeting. And we want to have a new ordinance like the one we had where we decided to allow uh, medicinal marijuana facilities to come in. Um, when we would do that, we would need to uh, announce that through, I guess, to, through the mail or, or not the mail, excuse me, through the newspaper. Okay, so so we would, because it's still old school like that because law is still trying to catch up with everything else. But um, so we would do that. Then it would go before the city council for the first time and it'd be the first reading and then we would take comments from the uh, um, audience there and, you know, and everything like that. And then it it would pass or not. If it does pass, um, then it goes through uh, to the next meeting. Then we go through and we do the second reading. People have more opportunity to talk about it if they choose to. And then they take that final vote. And then once that vote's done and it passes, then it's essentially become our version of, of law.
0: The second reading is actually a public hearing. Any ordinance has to have two public hearings. Okay. If it's an um, ordinance that has to do with uh, annexations and that, the first public hearing is actually the planning and board meeting. Okay. If it's an ordinance that um, has to be public on a, the regular ordinances, usually just have to have one public hearing. So that's why you have to have two readings. The first one is the reading. The second reading is the
1: public hearing. So, so to Don here when we do you said they only need two readings like with an annexation or or something like that or we're changing code you when it's presented in front of the planning board you said that that counts as the first public hearing for it um now so i I do i had bill on a train we talked a little bit bit about the planning board um i'm gonna ask you a little bit about it because it's tied into you know it's a huge part of your job so I think some people are kind of confused still about what exactly the planning board is and what it does. Um, we won't get in too much into it. It's a board of people that volunteer and we're selected and they serve a purpose. But so and I didn't know that until just now, um, how it functions. So y- you've decided that we're going to do some annexations and you, you do the things that you need to do to get that in front of the planning board. What are, what are some of those steps that you have to take?
2: Well, generally, uh, annexations are requested by residents Okay. for the most part. Uh, they want to annex into the city for whatever reason it is. We have to go through a set of steps where we send out uh, courtesy letters to everybody that's within 300 feet of that property. Uh, we have to post the property with a big sign that says that this property is going to be annexing. And uh, then, of course, we also have to run the ad in the newspaper for the for the ordinance to annex it. And then it goes before the Planning and Development Board, who that board reviews anything having to do with land, whether it's an annexation or a comprehensive plan amendment for the future land use or a rezoning. Uh, they review that, and then they recommend to the city council whether or not they should pass it or not, basically.
1: Okay. So, so it kind of functions as a way for... Uh, someone to spend more time digging into it and looking at it and deciding if they think it's a good idea for Crestview, and then they push that recommendation forward to city council, and then council makes a decision from there. Correct. Okay. All right. So that that makes sense to me a little bit. Now I've been going to these meetings for like a year, and I'm, I'm still kind of like, ah, I'm not really hundred percent sure what's happening right now. But that's that's on me. <laughs> Get better at my job. No. Uh. So so w- now when it all comes out in the in the end at the end of the wash, so to speak, they're they're still ordinances, right? I mean, whether it's, we've decided we're gonna, you know, change when you can buy alcohol on a Sunday or whoever at 55 whatever this address has decided they're going to annex into the city, in the end, the end result is still an ordinance. Is that correct? And then it goes into our our code, our city code?
0: It goes into uh, what's right now, it goes, we have a, there's a company called Municode and they publish all our ordinances make references to them you can search Municode for just about anything that, that you want to right search and
1: municode. you can access that through our web and and you get on there and then you can find out you know if there's something you want to find out now when you go and use that service if you have like the ordinance number can you just type that directly in i thought so i mean and it
0: also and it also includes the charter all the original charter the one we passed two, or three years ago, and the one that just passed referendum—all those changes also go into Muni code. So if anybody wants to look at the charter, it is on the website, particularly, but it's also in Muni code if you want to look at it.
1: Okay, and so this is going to make me sound dumb that I and I should probably know the answer to this, but our city charter is its own standalone document. It's not like code, also, right? Right? Okay, I thought so. I just wanted to make.
0: It takes a place. It's today. it's the hierarchy is. An ordinance cannot be written to override something in the Charter. Okay. It can be written to explain and clarify items in the Charter, but it can't be used to change an item in the Charter. That can only be done by referendum of, of the electors in the city of Crestview.
1: Okay. Right. So, we, so that's a position we have to turn around and vote on as citizens, correct? Like, for instance, how we've decided to move the Uh, election times in this past election we actually had three we had the one referendum one two and three where we changed election times we uh, to primary election years um, in November we got away from March uh, the, um, redistricting or, or precinct redistricting, I should say. And then the, um, third one, which actually ties somewhat into this, it allowed us to do more with the resolutions. Right. And then it had, it affected your position too, didn't it? It was just some, just
0: some duty changes. Just some
1: things that just would help us be able to help the city function a little bit better with the city management city manager system that we have going now that we're using.
0: Yeah. And, and changing a lot of the things went through and change it where it had to be changed by resolution rather than ordinance so that we can move faster and it doesn't take a month and a half to get a simple rule and regulation change.
1: Okay, so so now I, I have an understanding of how the bill gets on Capitol Hill. So let's move through and how we get we, we get turned into a law. We have to go through the legislative process, so to right. speak. So I'll start with Don a little bit on on this one. Um, you, you have someone contact you. And they say, hey, I want to be, you know, I want to be a member of the city uh, and I want to get annexed. And you said now you have to, you know, put it out in the newspaper. You have to put the postings out. You know, you'll see those or it says, you know, there's a public hearing uh, on this date related to the annexation of this property or the zoning change of this property, whichever one it may be. Mm -hmm. And you guys, do do you so do you then write the the legal language for this?
2: Yes, the ordinances, the general language of the ordinances is basically the same. It's just filling in the details of like, you know, the, the location, what the feature land use designation or zoning designation is going to be for that particular property. Uh, the legal description is in there. Uh, if there's multiple properties, like the one that we're about to do for Foxwood, we actually included an extra exhibit that lists all of the parcel ID numbers so that we don't have to write an ordinance for every single property.
1: Well, that would be, if you look back on the meeting that we had on Monday, where we had like six annexations or seven annexations, and there was a, an ordinance, a land use code, and then there was a one, the third one, I, I'm going to be real with you, I kind of checked out. There were so many I <laughs> So thanks for that, because that meeting would take forever. And no offense, some of our meetings are fun and awesome, and some of our meetings are just that and that 105. (laughs) Yes.
2: Well, and for every annexation, when a piece of property lays outside of the city limits, it has a future land use and zoning designation from the county because it's in the county. So when it annexes, it has to have a city future land use and zoning designation, which is why there are actually three ordinances for every property that annexes into the city. So okay. you'll have the annexation ordinance, the future land use designation, and then the zoning ordinance.
1: See, so that's a lot of work for Don. So if you wanna annex and you see, or you're not sure and you see your neighbors annexing, just go ahead, just go ahead and come on into the city and and join us. We'd love everyone that comes in and joins us here at the city. And uh, we'll be, be happy to get you worked into the system. So, We've got that. So something goes in front of the planning board and then it moves forward, so we get into the city council. So I want to take a moment while we're talking about this to talk about what the city council itself is a little bit. Um, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on that, but I do want to talk a little bit. So the way our city council works, we have five city council members. Three of them represent um, actual precincts across the city, and then two of them are what we call at large. And the ones that represent the precincts, they can live in whatever precinct, uh, they or excuse me, they have to live in whatever precinct they represent. And we actually have an opening right now um, that you can apply for. Um, this podcast should come out by then. And um, if you want to be, when is the cutoff for that?
0: Uh, the applications have to be in by March 19th at 5 o'clock.
1: Okay, so yeah, so there should, should still be some time if you hear this, that you can apply if you live within precinct 3. And that is everything north of Highway 90 that's within the city limits. And you can find an application on our website, or you can contact us here at City Hall and speak with Betsy, our city clerk, about it. Um, so, a little just side shout out to that, and then we'll get back to the other thing. So, <laughs> so we've got we've got the three that live in precincts. We have the two that are what are considered at large and they can live in anywhere within the city. And we have these five members, and then we have the mayor. And so he acts as kind of like the CEO, so to speak. So he doesn't actually vote. He just uh, he runs the meetings and then he is more of the face of the city as far as interacting with the public at functioning events and things like that. And he spends time working with Tim too. I know. Um, But Tim is our city manager. So effectively, he is our. Uh, engine behind the management of our of our city as a whole if you want
0: if you want to compare it to a a company the mayor would be the ceo chief executive officer tim would be the coo chief operating officer got it
1: okay that's kind of of what i thought but i didn't want to say it be wrong so i was i was gonna let you do it (laughs) um so right so so they're so they're the board he's presenting ideas to them basically or we all are don's presenting ideas to them you're presenting ideas to them tim's presenting ideas or we have sometimes we have what's called staff recommendations where we have staff from different departments that want to do something or get something done they present ideas to city council and then the city council makes a decision as to whether they want to approve this or not and then they take a vote and they have to have a majority so they for it to pass it has to be three out of five correct i mean even if someone's absent that day it still has to be a total majority is that correct
0: if you have four then it has to be three of four if you have three has to
1: be two of three okay so if there is less it can still go all right just
0: a majority of
1: those present fair enough all right and i will one little side note i will have on this i want to say is that we do have to have what's considered a quorum which means we have to have a a minimum of three Uh, council members at a meeting in order for us to have the meeting and then have the votes for whatever we're having
0: we can have the meeting if we don't have the quorum there just no votes can be cast
1: okay all right fair enough and we won't get into sunshine and all that other stuff um save that for another day because it's super exciting but all right so we've got our board members and we've got our bill So we got we got to get him into we got to turn him into a law so he's not stuck sitting on the steps of Capitol Hill. So we know that we got to let people know. We have to have our public hearings on them if they're an ordinance. We have to do that twice, Um, and then we we take our votes. Now my question is this: as a citizen, um, when is my opportunity to impact this process the most? If I I um, am concerned about an annexation that's going to happen. Is it best for me to come to the planning and development board and speak there? Or is it more important for me to show up to city council and speak to them about it?
2: You could do either or both. Uh, you could also contact us prior to the planning and development board meeting. That's why we send out those letters and we post the properties right. to let everybody in the surrounding area know that that's what's going to be going on. If we get any phone calls emails or letters prior to the meetings we do enter those into the record during the meeting so okay. if someone calls and they're very against it you know we talk to them and we find out you know why get some information that way if they're not able to attend the meeting then we can their their voice will still be heard so
1: they still have a voice even if they're not able to be there in person Correct. all right that's good that's good representation so I, I'm just going to bounce that same question off of you if someone sees, that an ordinance is going to happen, for instance, the one that was super, you know, contentious, I guess the best word to use would be the medical marijuana, um, stuff that we went through. Um, when's the best time for a citizen to raise their voice? I mean, is it better for them to go directly to their council member? Is it better to come to the city council? I mean, we always want people to come to city council meetings and let us know what they do or don't like about what's happening in the city. And I mean that honestly, when I say that, um, but what's the best thing for a citizen to do that is the most empowering?
0: And, and it's, it's a combination. It's almost the same thing because an ordinance, a regular ordinance like the medical marijuana one, doesn't. it has to have two, two readings but not two public hearings. It only has to have one public hearing, which is the second reading. And usually if it gets through the first reading and there hasn't been anybody getting up to speak to it, it pretty much usually flies through the second reading. So if you have questions about it and if you, if you look on our website when we post our uh, agendas, it has uh, the city clerk email on there. If you can't make it to the meeting, send us an email. We'll get on there. Uh, If it's on Facebook, you can put comments on there. But if it's something that is going to be controversial, chances are before it gets to the, we might have a tentative ordinance uh, at a workshop that gives people come that there's no voting. It's just pure discussion. We'll have a workshop on it. And then people can come in and give their opinions before we ever take it to an actual ordinance reading.
1: I'm glad you brought that up, actually. I mean, just, just to interrupt you for a moment, I'm glad you brought the workshop up because we, we have those. We I live stream them. I monitor the comments during them. I know sometimes we don't have them at the ideal time for a person to make it to them because we, we do them, sometimes they have them during business hours, uh, and they can be quite long. But that is a public meeting also. It is open to the public. It's open for you to come and bring your input. And as you said it's a great time because no one's voting on anything and that gets confusing sometimes, especially when I'm streaming on Facebook, people are like, what is this? You know, like what is this thing that's happening? Well, is it a council meeting? Well, no, it's a workshop. Well, what does that even mean? We're literally workshopping, you know, our ideas for where we're going and what we're looking at doing and talking about. And these, these are going to be things that are quite possibly going to be showing up in front of the city council as we move forward. And so the workshop is just as important, you know, as uh as the city council meeting is. But if you can't make the workshop, or if it's during the day, you know, like the difference between the workshops. Often, sometimes we do those at like 4:30, or if they're really long. Sometimes we do start them at 2:30, um, and and you go. So you so I can't do that. I you know, but I can make a city council meeting at six. So. It's so first reading, second reading. I guess what I'm trying to hear from you, or what I think I'm hearing from you, rather, is that first reading is going to be when you want to get there. And you, you, I mean, you can come express your opinion on it at the second meeting as well. But, um, you know, the first meeting sounds like it's where you're going to get the most, um, no that's no where you're going to be able to express yourself the most and and have the most impact maybe i guess is well. i
0: don't know about the most impact but if it's if it's the first reading and and it hasn't been through a workshop it's just the first time it's coming up and somebody gets up and is vehemently against it mm. at that first reading then that might be a point where the council and the city manager decide hey maybe we need to have a workshop on this a lot of times in the past okay. when it's been a, an ordinance like animal control or mm-hmm. something we've had a first reading but then we've scheduled a workshop in between first reading and second reading for people to really come in and 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 make their opinions known
1: okay okay it's,
0: right. that it's not I an understand. automatic from first so, reading second so it's reading.
1: possible that you know if we have something going on enough people are like hey i you know i don't agree with this or i think we should try this a different way then we'll pump the brakes and we'll do a workshop about it and read rethink what we're doing
0: and you'll hear tim sometimes ask mr bollocks ask sometimes hey do we need to workshop this and the council either know we're all good or yeah i think we need to take it to a workshop
1: okay all right well that i mean that that makes sense um i think for the most part now we we get through we have these two votes it goes through it becomes an ordinance goes into our code you can look at a code at that point i think we've effectively got mr bill off of capitol hill and into law now um, I have to ask this question because I'm relating this to the, the awesome Schoolhouse Rock song, but there, is there a point in this process where someone can veto this or say no and not sign it? Like, is there, you know?
0: There is. that The mayor has veto. Okay. He has to do, if he's going to veto it, it has to be within, I believe, seven days of the bill passing or the ordinance passing. Okay. If he doesn't veto it or doesn't sign it, within seven days it automatically goes through it's not just because he doesn't sign it doesn't mean it's not going to pass he has to physically veto it for it to go back to council or and if he just does, just doesn't sign it then it becomes law anyway
1: okay so there is there is kind of there's still a balance there
0: and that's in that's in the charter that's right. part of the charter
1: okay so um yeah uh that's pretty much our time i think we've effectively explained how a bill becomes a law as far as the city of Crestview's concerns, or rather how an ordinance becomes code and a resolution is passed. Um, I want to thank you both for joining me today. Thank you, Betsy.
0: Thanks for having us. It yeah. was interesting to sometimes learn how much you think you know. That you-
1: <laughs> <laughs> God, that's every day for me. <laughs> also, thank you, Don, so much for being on. Pleasure. And uh, that's going to do it, Crestview, and thank you very much.